Here's a preview of today's Grow in Grace. You don't have to beat people over the head with your Bible. You don't have to tell them, well, here, just eat this Bible, you know, cram it down their throat. All you have to do is show a little kindness, show a little grace to another person. They're struggling, offer them some words of encouragement. They have the same job that you have at work. Don't compete with them. Serve God and you'll stand out. Zion, now filled with hands and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said let this world know me by your love. Have you ever been in a completely dark cave or a room? It's next to impossible to get around. But turn on a flashlight or the room light and there's no problem. Well, today on Grow in Grace, we'll learn that we live in a spiritually dark world and Jesus is the light. He'll illuminate the path for us if we'll allow him to. Pastor Ed Ray sheds some light on this wonderful truth found at the end of John 12. Here he is now encouraging us to seize the light. They didn't understand, the prophets didn't understand what God was showing them. Because when you read like Psalm or Isaiah 53, it talks about he was scourged, he was, he was beaten by men, unrecognizable, that he was the suffering servant. But then also he's described as the coming king who will come on a white horse and he will rule the earth. Well, those are two separate events separated by thousands of years the prophets and the people didn't see. Now, Jesus does not answer that question directly. He gives them an indirect answer because it really is more information that he, he can't say, well, you know, it's because of time. You know, I worked out E equals MC squared and we have all this time in between. No, he didn't want to go through that. So he said, a little while longer, the light is with you. Talking about himself. Walk while you have the light. The understanding, the revelation that Jesus brings that God is love. And that he will use that to penetrate your life, my life, other people's lives who are in darkness. He's the light that comes in and helps us to understand the path we're on. You see, I said it quickly, but your path is different than the person sitting next to you, even if it's your spouse. God and you have a thing. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He can see all the moves in your life. The Bible calls it wisdom, okay? It's a gift. We're supposed to pray for it. If you lack wisdom, James says, ask God for it. Wisdom is the ability to see the consequences of decisions you make today in the future. The intended consequences as well as the unintended consequences of your choices. He's given this ability to choose. Do I just go and do it on my own brain power? Am I stupid enough to think I'm smart enough to work it all out? Or will I trust him to tell me which direction I should take? The example is a chessboard. Those of you that play chess. Okay, so chess is this strategic game that has all these rooks and things that end up being a the ability to see in the future. In other words, 
um, Boris Blanksy, the chess master, he was said to have the ability to see a hundred moves ahead. Amazing. In other words, if I move this one over here, then he'll have to move this one this way. He could move that one or this way, but he's going to move this way, so I have to move this way. And he can see that a hundred moves ahead. I can't remember what I'm supposed to get at the grocery store, okay? So this guy is, you know, probably from another planet. But he can see all the moves. I'm not that smart. God is. You're not that smart. But God is. For you. Well, what should I do, Lord? Should I do this or this? Well, he never speaks to me out loud. He doesn't speak to me out loud either. But you read a little of God's word, you listen to some Christian music, you listen to somebody else teaching, and something will jump out at you. And you'll know that that's what God is saying. That's what he's talking about. You have the light right now. Some of you are getting light for the first time in a while. Some of you, I would dare say, there's some people here that don't believe in God that somebody brought you here and you're going, what's this guy talking about? God knowing all the moves in your life. But faith in God comes from hearing the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. That's what's happening here right now. You are opening yourself up to God and he's speaking to you, but I don't like what he's seeing. Listen, conviction of sin is a wonderful gift from God. It allows us to go, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, and then your sins are forgiven. It's that simple. I know, I grew up in a church that was basically, you know, you're, there's no way you're going to make it to heaven. Everybody, you're going to end up in hell because everybody sins all the time and you're sinning. And if you don't confess yourself and your sins in, in, in time, then a car jumps a curb, squashes you against the wall, and you end up in hell. And as a young kid, I mean, I got years of parochial school. They call it torture. And I listened to that and I started to think, well, there, why even try? If I'm always sinning, and if I don't get the words out quick enough before I die, I'm going to spend my, I may as well have fun here now. Hello? God is cutting through that. He says, if we're faithful to confess our sins, the word means, it's Greek, homo lugeo, the same thing, to say the same thing God says about an action that you did, something that, that, that you know was wrong, that he convicts you this wrong. If we say, God, that was sin. I know you know it's sin, I sin. Now, don't give him excuses. He hears those all the time. Well, it was because of my third grade teacher, God, and kindergarten, and my mom, and my sister, and all that. Just lay it out there like a dead fish. I sin, God. If we're faithful to confess our sins, listen, same writer who wrote this, he said, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much of our unrighteousness? Oh, that's God's deal. I mean, it's too good to be true, but it is true. That's what he keeps saying here. How about this next verse? While you have the light, while God has given you an understanding of his love, believe in the light. You have to believe that Jesus died on a cross for you. I struggled as an atheist for years because I thought, 
I can't believe. I have to see it. I have to smell it. I have to touch it. I have to hear it. One of my senses has to tell me it's real. That's not faith. What faith is, is saying, I choose to believe you died for me. Tell me in a way I'll understand it. And as soon as I did that, God began to speak into my life. While you have the light, while you're convicted, while you're thinking about God, because you're going to be busy next week and you won't be thinking about him like you are right now, believe in, put your trust in, cling to Carpa Lumen. What? Okay, those of you that go to movies, you know the Dead Poet Society film, Robin Williams, and he talked about Carpa Diem, which is Latin for seize the day. This is your day of opportunity. Don't miss it today. This section has been preached thousands of times by pastors over the last 2,000 years, and it's often entitled Carpa Lumen, seize the light. Lumen, the light, and that's in Latin. So you're learning Latin today and Greek and Hebrew a little too. So while you have the light, believe in it, grasp it, grab onto the opportunity that you may become children, literally, of light, that you become useful to God in leading others in this black world. You become like a star, a point of light in a world that's filled with inky black darkness. Years ago when I, when Raylan and I got married, we were just like poor as dirt. But after we'd been married for a few years, I was doing biochemistry and I had a little money. So I went to a jeweler and I said, I need to buy her a wedding ring. You know, that one from the Cracker Jacks box, it just doesn't look good. And the guy said, sure. He takes out a black velvet piece of cloth and takes one diamond, he puts it right in the middle. This, this is the one you need. That contrast between the diamond and the black background, that diamond has never looked that good ever since, the whole time we've been married. <laughs> but it was the contrast between the black world, if you follow me, that we live in, and you as a point of light. As you, as a child of light because you'll stick out. You don't have to beat people over the head with your Bible. You don't have to tell them, well, here, just eat this Bible, you know, cram it down their throat. All you have to do is show a little kindness, show a little grace to another person. They're struggling, offer them some words of encouragement. They have the same job that you have at work. Don't compete with them. Serve God, and you'll stand out. Take the lower seat on purpose. I know this sounds like craziness if you're a, an MBA, mass, business administration. You're like, no, no, you got to toot your own horn. No, no, God says promotion doesn't come from the north or the south. There's the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. Ask Joseph when he was stuck in Pharaoh's kingdom. He was in prison and God engineered the whole thing that he get up. Ask Daniel. He was in Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian prison with lions trying to eat him. God will take care of you and you'll stand out like a bright light. God, change metaphors just a minute. Our eyes are fantastic instruments. 
they have the ability to see a single candle on a black night, on a very dark night, 10 miles away. That's astounding. That little tiny flicker 10 miles away, you can see on an inky black night. You become that point of light in a backdrop of black sin. You know, I keep getting people cards and letters of people saying, you need to preach against the terrible evils that are going on in our world. You need to tell people that they're sinners. Listen, I went to church for years and I knew I was a sinner. Nobody had to tell me that. I'm sitting there feeling guilty the whole time and the pastor's beating us up so badly that we didn't have to open the door when we left. We could crawl out underneath the bottom of the door. I'm kidding, of course. But yes, the world is a terrible, black, sin-filled place. That's why Jesus is the light that represents Jesus. Jesus represents God the Father's love and penetrates into the darkness of a heart that's filled with sin. It happened to me, and I know it happened to a bunch of you. Many of you, I know your story. You're a walking, talking miracle. You were lost as a rock. You were backstroking down the sewer of life, blowing bubbles in the air. I'm talking about myself, okay? And some of you, I do know. So we just say, God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness is so broad. All you have to do is believe in the light. We're going through the Gospel of John together, and this is Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We left off in chapter 12, verse 36. Verse 36, that you might become a child of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed, and he was just hidden from them. I don't know how he did that. I wish I could do that sometimes. Verse 37, but although he had done so many signs before them, raised people from the dead, healed lepers, guy that couldn't see his whole life, he was born blind, suddenly he can see, guy that couldn't hear, all of a sudden he can. A dead man, four days, he raises up, he'd done those signs, they did not believe in him. They didn't trust Jesus to have died for their sin. That the word of Isaiah, the prophet, 600 years before Jesus' day, might be fulfilled. When he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now stick with me because it's a little hard to follow. And I'll put it on the tape so you can listen to it and go back and study it. They were blinded because they closed their eyes. Who, who has believed our report? Isaiah says, who are the people that God is trying to talk to? The Jewish leaders. And to whom has the arm of the Lord, has God showed up? Who did he show up to? The Jews. They were God's chosen people. Follow this. They were chosen to spend eternity with him. Every one of them. But many of them chose to not believe. The foundation for this is found over in Exodus chapter 7. If you want to read the story of Moses before Pharaoh, there's a perfect example of it. Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says, okay. And Moses leaves. A few hours later, he calls him back and says, no, I changed my mind. They got to stay here. So God brings this plague on the land. 
It says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. Well, if God's going to play hardball, I'll show him. These Jews are going to have to work twice as hard. They're not getting any straw for the bricks they're building. And the story goes on with Pharaoh. My point is that Pharaoh himself hardened his own heart. And finally, God hardens his heart so hard that the last plague was what the Egyptians had been doing to the Jews, killing their baby boys. And the last one is the firstborn of all the Egyptian boys are going to die. And any house that doesn't have blood on the doorpost, the blood of the lamb. You know, and so that, in fact, happened. But it was Pharaoh who chose. You're sitting here right now. Some of you are sitting here saying, I don't know if I believe this or not. You know, he talks like he means it. Well, you have to choose. They could not believe because they had hardened their own hearts. When Jesus is doing miracles that would astound anyone today, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. God did it. L least they should see and understand with their hearts and turn so that he would heal them because he wanted them to crucify him. They chose to do it. It wasn't compulsory that they not believe. They personally chose not to. The, the majority, not all. And so they killed Jesus because God wanted him to die for your sins and mine. It's not really very complicated, but I'm, I'm breaking it down step by step so that you'll see what God is saying here. 39. Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he's blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts, that they should see with their eyes, understand with their hearts, at least they should turn so that I should heal them. Because I need for the lamb to die. Jesus, for you. 41, he said these things Isaiah said 600 years before when he saw Jesus' glory, his glory is Jesus, and spoke of him. Those of you that are familiar with the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah is brought into the throne room in heaven. He sees God high and lifted up, sitting on a throne, and his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah was so blown away, he said, Whoa, am I a sinful man? I, I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. I've spoken lies, is what he's saying. Angel comes, to a tongue of fire, touches it to his lips. Woo! But it cleansed him. And God says, Who shall I send? And Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. I'll go represent you to the world. That's what God is asking from you and me too. So that person on the throne, John 12, 41 says, was Jesus. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many did believe in him, verse 42. But because of the Pharisees, they didn't admit it. They didn't confess it, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved 43, the praise of men more than the praise of God. Danger when what other people think about you becomes more important than what God thinks about you, you're in trouble. The fear of man is a snare, Proverbs 29, 25 says, and it will catch up your feet and you'll fall. But he who trusts in the Lord is safe. Don't worry about what other people are saying about you. I know it's easy for me to say that, but sitting where I sit, I get more than enough criticism for all of us. So don't be overly concerned with what people think. The question is, what does God think? 
And these men were more concerned with what men think than God. Then Jesus cried out and says, He who believes in me. <laughs> we keep coming back to that, don't we? Believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. You believe in me, Jesus said, you're believing in Father God. And he who sees me, verse 45, you've seen Jesus, you've seen Father God. Well, what does Father God look like? In fact, Philip's going to ask him that in chapter 14. They're all together, and Philip says, one of the disciples, he says to Jesus, show us the Father. I get you're the Son. I understand you're the Messiah, but I want to see what God looks like. And Jesus slaps his forehead and says, Oi, vey, Philip. He didn't. That was me. I said, How can it be that I've been with you so long you still haven't seen the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen Father God. You want to know what God looks like? Read this gospel. I have come as light into the world, verse 46. I have come so that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Again, he's giving us understanding of what life is about. Last section, and if anyone hears my words and does not believe, you're sitting here rejecting and saying, I don't buy any of this. Careful, I don't judge him, for I didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. But if you stay in that, he who rejects me, he does not receive my words, has that which judges him, the word that I've spoken, that I've been saying. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but Father God who sent me gave me a commandment. Now, listen up. You didn't hear anything else during this. Get this commandment. A commandment, singular. The Jews thought there were 613 commandments, including the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, I got one for you. It's really simple. His commandment, verse 50, is everlasting life. God wants you to live for eternity. That's what that says. That's his singular command to you and to me. That's an amazing commandment. How do I obey that commandment? Believe in the light. Believe that Jesus is the revelation, the revealing, the display of God the Father's love for you and the penetrating point of God's finger into darkness in your heart and mine. You see, conviction is this wonderful gift from God that he shows us when we're messing up and it feels uncomfortable, but all we have to do is say, Lord, forgive me. And all of a sudden it's gone because you've confessed. You've said the same thing that God says about sin. And that's 1 John 1, 8 and 1, 9. Go check it out. If you walk in the light, hello? We've been talking about light all morning. If you choose to walk in the light with Jesus as he is in the light, you will have fellowship, relationship with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. That's exactly what it says. God's gift to you is eternal life. If people believe in the light, Jesus, then you will have eternal life. We're going through the Gospel of John with Pastor Ed Ray here on Grow in Grace, and it's just a part of our Through the Bible study. If you'd like the CD, which contains the complete and uninterrupted message, 
Call us today at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. You can also listen to the program online at thepackinghouse.org. And again, we're at thepackinghouse.org. We're thankful to the Lord for this opportunity to share His Word over the radio, and maybe this is a ministry you'd like to support. This would be a wonderful time to hear from you, and we'll say thanks by sending you The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. This is a classic devotional that has moved the hearts of believers for well over a century. Each chapter focuses on one attitude of God, from God's infinitude to his immutability, grace and goodness. I think you'll find it to be both theologically rich and approachable. Again, we'll send you the knowledge of the holy when you give a gift of any amount to grow in grace. Just call us right now at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. And if you wouldn't mind in the next day or two, send off an email to let us know you're listening and what you're getting out of the present series in John. It's encouraging to hear how God is at work through Grow in Grace. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life when you email us at packinghouseradio at aol.com. And then join us back here next time as we return to our study of the Gospel of John. This has been Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray, a presentation of the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands, California. Zion, now build with hands, and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. Say, let this world know me by your love.